peace, y'all. Just got a real quick disclaimer to lay down before we get this started. Um, me and the inimitable Michi Darko um, talked about the work in Neil Blomkamp for a little bit, particularly District 9. Um, and I mentioned the short film that inspired the movie. I believe I called it uh, Live from Joburg or something like that. It's called Alive in Joburg. I just messed the title up, just, you know, just getting that out there before anybody hits me talking about, oh, it's not called, you know, just had to make sure. But, um, yeah, thank y'all for being here. This episode's gonna be fire. Like, just, just, just y'all wait, man. Like, let's go. What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is Brooklyn-born rapper and one-third of the Flatbush Zombies, Michi Darko. We spoke about idiocracy, Asian horror films, our favorite bad movies, District 9 and the movies of Neil Blomkamp, how Wu-Tang Clans enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers changed his perspective on film and music, the origins and legacy of the Flatbush Zombies, finding new ways to show off his trademark raspy voice, and the creative process behind his solo debut, Gothic Luxury. Come fuck with us. Last person I had on here, they had their shit, like, it had, like, a really loud, like, person was like this meeting is being recorded like on some jail shit and i was like whoa like <laughs> that shit that shit kind of fucked me up so i'm happy that didn't happen this time let me make sure skip bayless don't leak into the fucking interview <laughs> I, I i couldn't hear anything if it makes you feel any better skipping shannon sharp just screaming <laughs> in the back the whole time <laughs> you know it's funny when we started our conversation I know this is about movies and all that, about everything, but, you know, we're going to talk about movies, too. I'm a cinephile. Yes, I love movies a lot. Yeah, so, haven't been on my shit as of lately. I kind of fell off a little bit these last two years, but it, it reminded me of this movie, Idiocracy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. I've seen Idiocracy. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, like, it's so funny how that movie is predicting the future. Like, it's it's kind of like a Simpsons episode in one movie, if that makes sense. Like a it lot is, of that yeah. shit, satirical as it is, it's really prevalent prevalent right now in today's day and age. And it makes you really wonder, like, how many when I go back and watch old movies, how many of those older movies got it right about today? And it's rare. They usually don't ever get that shit right. Like right. they usually never get. I don't know. They usually either get technology wrong. They think we're going to be flying cars before. Look at iRobot. iRobot take place like right now, I think. Them yeah, basically. Had out, out flying and shit. <laughs> they had the- so it's crazy when you see a movie yeah. the super highway that they had and shit. That, that movie was, uh, it was like, it's crazy when I look at shit like that. And then you look at Idiocracy, which is a satirical comedy, a stupid movie, for lack yeah. of a better word, but it's, it's more genius than some of the other shit. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, fucking, fucking Terry Crews' Comancho, and they're fucking the the part that all cause cause I mean like the Trump parallel is obvious, but the part that always gets me is that they fucking they fucking hydrate their fucking like crops with Gatorade, and like just like that that's that's the one that fucked me up the most. Like, <laughs> really, like <laughs> I just Who can't made, even. Who made that movie? Mike Judge. Who made Mike that Judge? Movie? Yeah, Mike Judge. That makes sense. That is his humor. Yeah. That that's that's like, cause like that's, 
I feel I feel like more and more people have been watching it lately because I've been having a lot more conversations about it. And it's just like every year it just feels more just like, yeah, we're I mean, like we already lived through Trump once again. That's like the real obvious, obvious one. But just like there's so many little details about that. Just like the um, I'm blanking on everything right now, now that we're talking about it and we're on camera but you know like that's, that's always how it goes uh, like you just know what happens it happens to me it happens to me all the time you about to ask me mad shit about movies i'm gonna be like fuck the scene with the uh fuck and then when we get <laughs> off i'm gonna remember the whole fucking right now i'm gonna have to come find you we're gonna have to re-record the shit nah, <laughs> no we're not doing that <laughs> but <laughs> um what's cracking everybody welcome back real notes it's, it's it's raining like a motherfucker outside um fall is coming it's not here yet but it's coming um, I'm in a hoodie for the first time in like four months. Feels pretty tight. Um, it's 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 cool. Um, Dylan Green, Cinema Sci, uh, got a lot of names. This man is y'all can't see it, but my guest today just fucking folded his brim in on his hat. Just y'all can't see it, but that just made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, introduction, introduction is hitting right now. You got me feel like oh. <laughs> Shit. Um, well, what, well, you know, we're already here. So um, I'm with, uh, yeah, I'm with a man who does a lot of things and has held a lot of titles. And um, d- just, you know, I, I I don't even know. Fucking one third of the Flatbush Zombies co-founders stay pressed in Brooklyn, juice spot on your lock shit. Fucking that's crazy still. I don't think we talked about that. But like, yeah. you know, like obviously your solo debut, Gothic Luxury is in stores now or in everywhere now not even just no, no, nobody nobody goes to record stores anymore that makes me sad um no Michi Darko's in the goodies, house, bro. man man yeah, man yeah. It's for me yes wait clap everybody no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Meech, brother thank you so much for coming to talk to me about movies and bullshit I appreciate you so much no problem man this is what I do this is my it's my pastime <laughs> yeah, every everybody. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I said there's yeah. nothing better than bullshit conversations back and forth. See where it takes us. Yeah, man. Already, yeah. Last yeah, last time I spoke to you was five years ago when y'all put out Vacation in Hell, and I pulled up to the swap meet after that y'all did, and I got to just like see, like before we even start. I don't think I told you this, but like. When I was at that swap meet, I was online with people who came from like South Jersey. Like I'm in like North Jersey, right outside the city. And I was having a whole conversation with people like, oh, like we came from like Trenton. And I was like, yo, yeah. like what? Like y'all came from Trenton to Brooklyn to come see the, like, it's just like that. We're going to get to that later. But like the fact that like you, you were there before all of this. And it's just like, it's been amazing to see the come up. That's all. I just had to say that. Just had to say that. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. Time flies. I love moments like that, too, because it'd be little events that you throw that you don't really think about. And a lot of people bring up that pop-up shop to me because it was like multiple days. There was so much people. It was a good energy. That was such a it was such a different time in the world and music society. Everyone is so know it all now. So no one's like we lost our innocence. That was like the fun time where it's like, oh, what? People don't even know what the fuck a pop-up shop is. All that shit is new to people. Like, you know, even right. merchandise and how you consume merchandise and how people sell merchandise. Everything is, the consumers are hip and the artists are hip and everyone's so analytical and hip now, you kind of lose those natural, let's just get people together in one spot and do something fun. Like we had people in the basement playing um at that place, smoking and playing fucking um, arcade games and game I remember and crazy shit like that in there. I was down there for just that. Just to yeah. make an environment. 
printed press to print your own merchandise. Like I miss stuff like that. We don't really get a lot of shit like that. Right. You know, and like you really got to like savor that when it comes around, because like people really appreciate that, especially now, you know, like there's a lot going on in the city right now. Where, like people still kind of trying to keep that spirit alive. And anytime I see it, it's just like, I don't know. It just makes me happy like that. People still care about that. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's it hasn't gone away, but it's like it's harder to make it happen in a way that doesn't feel like soulless, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I'm going to figure it out, though. Yeah, no, you got it. I know you got it. Um, so so let me ask you the first question I ask everybody who comes on here. What was the last movie or TV show that you watched that you had a strong opinion about? Oh, shit. Blood clot. Why? Um, there's a movie called The Sadness. It's an, um, I hate saying it's an Asian film because that can be so much parts of fucking Asia. Um, right. <laughs> it's Taiwanese. I feel like it's Taiwanese. I'm... Um, not exactly sure. Do not get mad at me if it's not. Um, it is one of the most depraved movies I've seen in my life. I feel like it's loosely based off of this graphic novel called uh, Crossed. I believe mm-hmm. that's the name of it. I never read the graphic novel because it's fucking crazy. Um, but uh, pretty much people become like these zombies. like, But they're not actual zombies. They're like the most depraved, insane maniacs possible. Like They're not just trying to eat you. They're, they're going to fuck you. They're going to... They're gonna do all that kind of stuff. Like, so that movie was wasn't the best movie I seen, but it was one that I'm like, am I crazy? Cause I love shit like this. And I sent a few of my friends and shit to watch. And they're like, how do you watch this shit? They're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I don't wanna, <laughs> I don't wanna ruin a movie for anybody. One scene in this movie, and and someone sent me watching it and they just looking at me, shaking their head, like, you're disgusting. And those are the kind of movies that if people see you watch it or they know you watch that, they kind of judge you a little bit. Like they think you into some weird shit. So the sadness was one of the was one of them. Damn, I want to talk about it so bad. Can I can I spoil something? Are you allowed to spoil yeah, shit? Here? Yeah, do it, do it. It's okay. And, and anybody who wants to All see right. the sadness, skip ahead like a couple minutes. We'll be cool. Just go ahead. Oh, I, uh, someone fuck someone's eye socket in the movie. <laughs> and like, okay, and, and they made it make sense. Now, am I am I on his side? No, but they made it make sense, and I knew right. it was gonna happen. Like, if you really got your brain working and you put yourself in a depraved, oh my god, the movie's great. Watch, that's it. The eye socket, fucking, um, yeah, that's a crazy movie. Watch the sadness, y'all. I'm sold. All right, yeah, nah, cause um, cause I was thinking, I was thinking about Ichi the Killer, um, for the first time in a while recently. I'm assuming you see Ichi the Killer, right? Hey. Oh. Hey. One of my favorite movies of all time. They need to remaster the graphics a little bit, but yeah. um, love that movie. Like the the I love that movie so much, dude. I've googled from the stylist of the movie. I love that movie. Like the styling in that movie is so fucking fire to me. That's what made me like yeah. it as a kid. It was like, who are these fucking people with these suits on? And it's, that movie is so fucking fire. Yeah. I wonder why no one's ever tried to like do that. Or, I mean, probably can't. You know, because. Cause like, why would you? It's it's, it's perfect like already. It's perfect already. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not yeah. touching that. Like, <laughs> well, you know that's what we do. We fuck, we fuck things mm-hmm. up. That's what we do. Yeah, man. You're you're, you're <laughs> you not see wrong. A good movie from another whole fucking. You see a whole a great storyline from other fucking a whole different place, whole different culture. Look at the part. Departed is literally a whole Asian movie. Yeah, it's like it's just not. Yeah, but it's like if you don't know that, you're just like this is one of the 
That's the most original movies ever. Meanwhile, yeah. like, no, this whole shit is stolen. It's a whole ass remake. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. We tried that with old old boy too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spike, old boy, Spike Lee. Spike, Spike Lee did it. It was terrible. Hated it. Trash. And like, um, and, and and like that didn't work because like Spike just tried to like it. It was like almost a shot for shot remake, and like you can't get away with certain shit. Like, well, well, not even that you can't get away with certain shit, but it's like, it's like th- things in Korea are so different than they are in the states. You know, like you can't like you can't track like takeout based on like taste and individual flavor in the United States, and like that's like a whole plot point in the original movie and they were like yeah it's, it's just dumplings again like no like 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 nobody knows what the fuck a dumpling tastes like like nobody can tell the difference between dumplings in the united states like the fuck and on top of that like yeah <laughs> and, and, and like on top of that like um korea has like real strict gun laws too so it's just like weird that uh it's just weird to see nobody in america have a like because you're like we all know the hammer fight scene from the first shit and like and just yeah. like it's just weird that no one has guns in that movie. Like, why does nobody have a gun? Like, you're in America. <laughs> like, you're like trip over guns in America. Like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> that's why we don't. That's why some movies we should just leave alone and not redo. Like, just leave the fucking movie alone. Not as other movies I wish they would redo. Like, like I, yeah. I'm not a big gender swap fan and all that type of shit. I'm not against it either, but. I watched Leon the Professional and I'm like, this is such a good story. They can redo this and just make it an older woman. Get Tilda Swinton or whatever her name is. Make her the assassin and go get some young boy and redo that. Like, right. I'm with that sometimes. But when we go all the way, like, I don't know. Sometimes we be trying in America. We be trying. Oh, remember the whole ring and doing all the grudge and shit? All, yeah, all yeah, yeah. And they try to redo there, all them shits. There was a all whole J-horror shit, wave over here. All of wild. them suck in comparison. Oh, what was it? Um, There's another one with the... Uh, what's the is it black water? Then there's one with the, the camera where people get it's stuck. Dark in water the lens. is what you're talking about. Dark yeah. water is I seen like the original that is based off of, and that shit was scary as fuck. It's crazy. But for some yeah. reason we can't get it we can't get it right in America. Like we don't know how to get scared unless it's like serial killers, incel guys, or some weird shit like that. That's what scares people in America. It's not like yeah. you're not really afraid of ghosts. Yeah, nah, motherfuckers will pull up to a haunted house for like no reason. Like, um, they also there was another one called The Eye. Then like I saw the original, and the original's great, but like, but like they remade it with Jessica Alba, and it's like, no. Oh who, yes, I've seen that movie. <laughs> who needed that this? Stunk. That, that shit, shit stinks. Uh-uh, that's bad. That's a two B. That's two B special right there. That's on two B for sure. Damn. I want to do wow. some shit called Tubi Tuesdays where I link up with people and just watch bad movies on Tubi. See, I don't have Tubi. Does like does like Tubi have like all the bad movies? Is like that the you place to go? Tubi. Everyone has it. Everyone has it. You just gotta download. Oh yeah, because it's free, <laughs> right? Okay. For <laughs> yeah. Yo, bro, See? it'll have it'll have like you know, Bloodsport is a popular movie. It'll yeah, it'll yeah, have yeah. like Bloodsport maybe, but they don't have. You're like, wait, they got Bloodsport seven. Like it's like that, <laughs> or have like, or have like some movie called like Samurai Ninja Babes, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. you got this shit on there. That's like that's like how Crackle used to be. You ever you ever fuck with Crackle before? Yeah, I love. Listen, I'm a sucker for bad movies. You talking to the guy hey. here that like I I literally 
I'll Google C movies like and just watch all the worst. I love I love me a bad movie like that. Come on, man, it's magic behind it. Honestly, there is like 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 if a movie is bad enough, it'll make it incredible. Like you know, you can have fun watching a bad movie. I love 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 watching bad movies. Like so now I gotta ask, what's the last? No, no no no, you go first. You go first. No, no, go. You gonna say last bad movie I watch? Yeah, what's the last one you watched? I tried to do something, um, a screening to watch a movie called Samurai Cop. I don't know if you've ever seen this. I haven't Boy. seen it, but I, I know, I know exactly what it is. Boy, that shit is comedy. That is Monty Python. That is all of those motherfuckers. That shit is the most funniest. And that's what I mean. Of like, are they? Do these people know what they're doing? Are they intentionally? Because the room, we know about Tommy was in the room. He was just ignorant. That's like blissful, jovial, childlike ignorance. Yeah. And that's why that, this other movie is like, there's no way I did not know that this is funny. There's no way the guys <laughs> look the way it looks. It just look, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I love, I love, there's another movie called Street Trash. Um, I believe that, and it takes place in Flatbush actually, which is strange. Ah, crazy. It's a body horror type Um what do they call that genre? It's like a certain genre of horror that's like a lot of body horror and like goop and, and goo and shit. It's like one of those kind of um, uh, what's? I think you could just call it body horror or like or like uh yeah, Cronenbergian. The Cronenberg. There you go. Me. Yeah, you know what I'm Shout trying to, to be my uh yeah. What's, yeah. What's the last, last bad movie? What was what was the last bad movie I watched? Or just like his last bad movie? No, your no no his his a lot of those. What about your last? <laughs> Damn! Oh shit! Um oh um I can't remember the last. Oh wait, nah. So it's not a bad movie in that sense. It's just a bad movie because it's like just terrible. I saw um I saw the last um I saw that uh fa- that last Fantastic Beast movie. That shit was fucking ass, bro. Oh my god. But how do they spend so much money on things and make bad movies? I don't, I don't get it. Me either, bro. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's like budget, $400 million and you couldn't make a good movie? That's insane right. to me. Because, like, none of the money goes – or, like, not that none of the money goes to the writing, but it's just, like, they really that, like, like they really put more of the emphasis on just, like, oh, look, like, this is a thing you recognize. And, like, this is how we can make it a little different. And then, like, everything else could just fall to the way. It, it's, like, they just don't put the money where it needs to go. And also, it's just, Marvel, like – I think Marvel do the same thing. I think all the companies you're, – you're absolutely – you hit the nail on the head because why are you saying that? Not to cut you off. You're saying that, and I'm thinking of all the big companies. They do that. It's like I look at Marvel shit sometimes, and I literally say, "Yo, bro, this is enough money to change the world." And I don't. This movie is 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 okay. Like most of the movies are okay. Yeah. I like that shit. It's cool, but it's not every movie's not every movie's Endgame and fucking Thanos. So sometimes I watch that, and I'm like, three hundred million dollars. Like I watched yeah. Spider Man, and I was like, they spent a lot of money, and it still doesn't. I didn't get one chill in my body. I didn't get like a. It just busts my head a little bit. And then you then you watch some certain movies. You go watch an independent movie. You go watch Twenty Eight Days Later. Or fucking, you're like, damn, these niggas didn't have no money. They had nothing. And, and they made it work. They got done. Right. Mm-hmm. C- c- yeah, yeah. Because so you gotta I'm, be. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, no. No, no. 
I was just I was just gonna say like because like you really gotta work when you don't got no money like you really gotta like make it happen and like be creative and like that like you know like you know like like not to be like people need to suffer in order to be creative but like that shit really brings out the best in you like when you don't have it and you gotta make it like well that's why I was saying maybe these studios need to start making a new little offshoot company where they give motherfuckers yo you're gonna make you're gonna take a Marvel character you're gonna make a movie with. 10 million dollars you're gonna figure this shit the fuck out and it's possible they probably can make something grounded but when you give someone i feel like something happens when you say the check but you could just when you give me a check and blank check something bad happens just something happens when you can spend 50 million dollars to redo a nigga's mustache for superman like yeah. that means you have too much money it's too much money right you know and then you look at you look at something like uh I bring this up all the time. You look at a movie like Everything Everywhere All at Once. Have you seen Everything Everywhere All at Once? Like you look at Not yet, man, I fucked up. Go catch that shit, bro. Like that's like that's like my move. That's right now my movie of the year. It's like like that, like like it's an A24 movie. Michelle Yeoh is in it. She was actually just in Shang-Chi, the Marvel movie. Funny enough, you mentioned that. Um, it's incredible. I'm 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 not gonna spoil it. I've talked about it too many times. Everybody knows what it is. Go watch that. Everyone shit. that told me about it said it's even my friends that aren't into movies like that kind of movie they were like yo i've never seen anything like, like it's like a they've never seen anything like that in their life like some people told me like juice told me actually he was like yo that's one of the craziest movies i've ever seen and he doesn't really say that often he's not really you'll see some it has to be really crazy for him to be like yo that was crazy but i, I really right. wanted to that that and nope that nope um there's a few movies this year I wanted to see that I fucked up on. Nope, that the Nicolas Cage playing himself movie. That movie was fun. I like that. I fucked with that. It was good. Man, I fucked up. Something about after I saw the trailer, the trailers are too much nowadays, bro. They show you everything. Yeah. So man. I kind of see the trailer and was like, oh, I see the movie. I wait till it gets on streaming. Right. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, like that was like. They did that with the second trailer for Nope. And I like avoided that shit as much as I could. Cause like the first trailer was great. Like it, it, it was like just enough to get me in the theater. And it was Jordan Peele. I'm gonna see it no matter what. But like I was just like, I don't wanna be spoiled. Like that's a movie, like I wanna see it all unfold, you know? And um uh there's actually a way more to the Nicolas Cage movie too. So like go like 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 you you might think they put it all in the trailer. There's there's like a bit more to it than I was expecting. It's like He's like playing himself, but it's like not really himself. And there's like a whole. Just, just, just go see it. Just it, it like that's I'm, I'm interested my, to see what you think. That's one of my um strange. I wouldn't say idols. I hate this fucking my spirit animal shit that everybody says. But yeah, I me too. Always fucking fucked with Nicolas Cage since I was a kid. I don't know what it was. Since I seen this man, I, I don't remember what the first movie. I don't remember. I remember watching Con Air with my uncle all the time, bro. Damn. And I was just obsessed with that movie. Like, I just remember being obsessed. Ensemble cast, that movie has me. I watched it the other day. I was like, that movie got mad people. He had the terrible wig. I remember his hair blowing in the wind. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, like, just fucking with him. Then I remember Face Off. After I seen Face Off, I loved John Woo movies back in the days. Like, I grew up on, I grew up on more of, like, I literally grew up on horror and kung fu movies, to be honest. Right. Now that we're sitting here talking, I'm like, wow. Think about it. My first experiences with movies aren't really like, like I remember having like a a, a a videotape that had Bugs Bunny and fucking Superman cartoons and shit. But other than that, I used to watch um Five Deadly Venoms, all the Shaolin tapes, 
My uncle used to make me fix video VHS tapes when they get fucked up, you know, when the shit was unwind. Uh -huh. He would make me and then tape the shit. If it gets cut, he would literally show me, yo, if the tape gets messed up, you can snip the tape and put actual clear tape on it. So I remember watching all that shit growing up. Like that that started my love for movies. Uh like the Wu Tang movies, actually. Like I didn't That's I knew hard. of the music, I think around the same time. I knew about the music. It, it didn't like I didn't understand when I was a kid. I'm like, this Wu Tang, these black dudes on stage that rap. And then I'm like, I watch these videos <laughs> when I get home. Crazy. That's hard. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm actually happy you went there because that's always the second question I ask is like where you started. And now that you mentioned it, cause you, cause you asked me about the last bad movie I watched. This isn't, it, it like, isn't, it isn't the last one I watched, but it's the first one that popped into my head. There's this crazy movie called future cops. I think it's, it, it's either a Hong Kong or Japanese movie. I can't remember which one you've seen future yes. cops. Okay. You've seen future cops. Yes. Wow. Damn. Sorry, that's wild. I have to like look the at the artwork right now. Yo. Yes, it's terrible. I know the terrible movie. Yo, it's 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 in, so like so like so okay, now I gotta explain what Future Cops is to anybody who doesn't know it. So like so Future Cops is a Street Fighter movie. They took all the Street Fighter characters and they're like police officers in the future and they like fight each other and like and, and, and like the heroes are villains and the villains are heroes and like it's it's also kind of like Terminator because like like some judge who's about to put some of these dudes away is going to do it. And they just decide like, oh, we're going to go back in time and kill the judge when he's a kid in high school. And like, they just send, they send, um, they send Vega. I think they send Vega, Ken, Blanca, and like a bunch of the street fighter characters back in time to go like execute this little kid in high school. And then like two of the good dudes come in. <laughs> and like and like, and like two of the good dudes come in and like try to save them and like then like the judge's sister turns out to be chun lee or some shit it's it's the most bizarre like like you could tell watch that, that movie you know, yeah. you know what's funny now that you're saying this you, you're describing this whole plot this just sounds like a nigga like a kid's like a story a kid made up <laughs> yeah like, a kid, like, a, like an offshoot street fighter like they seen the game and was like it would be cool if Ryu went to space. When it like literally sounds like a kid's story, bro. <laughs> like as you're explaining to me, I'm like, this sounds like my little brother explaining to me what he wished Street Fighter was. Like that's a shout out. To, I'm about to actually, I'm gonna actually buy that. I'm gonna buy that fucking DVD. Fuck all yeah, that. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah. I need that shit too. I'm, 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 I'm gonna do that when we get off. Like, so, like, long story short, it's like, it's just like it, like, like, like it's because um the company wanted to make a Street Fighter movie, but they couldn't buy the rights. So they just made the movie and just called it something else. You know, like that type of shit is always so, so fire to me. Like the only way I've seen it, I saw it on YouTube because like you can only find it on YouTube unless you cop the DVD. So like I just watched it in college and I was like, I I've never seen nothing like that in my life. And just like the fact that somebody did it and like, it's the type of movie where like in like the final fight scene, um, I don't know if you remember, like somebody turns into Blanca and to like, and, and like, you know how he like balls up in the game. Like yeah. instead of having the nigga ball up, they literally just threw a beach ball in front of the camera. Oh, fucking, like, nah, and, and, and like, it's so <laughs> obvious that it's a fucking beach ball. Like they don't even try to disguise it. <laughs> <laughs> it's that type of movie. Like that's the type of shit that I love. I'm not going to even buy the DVD. Fuck all that. I'm going to add it to my YouTube playlist right now. You got me right <laughs> You got me right now. I can't front. I love like I love bad. That kind of bad is the bad I'm talking about. Where it's like right. when you threw the beach ball, did you think you're gonna get this past us? Like also this this brought up the 
the other that made me think of this other movie, which is very popular, District Nine, right? Oh yeah, that was a Halo movie first. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Which is also funny to me. Like I love those kind of stories of like this. Well, not like this terrible movie we were just talking about, but more of like the assets from this film ended up somewhere else. Um, there's like a documentary on uh, on Dune, like one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, and they yeah, show Jod- you like, oh, Jodorowsky's Dune. Yeah, great movie. So bro, good. and like. The idea of all of that stuff being reused or going somewhere else, it just really shows you like, yeah, sometimes you're mad ahead of your time or like, or just your ideas are so good that they could just start. Them shits are responsible for like seven different universes. Like, yeah. isn't that fucking insane? That's insane. That's just, that shit is insane to me. And you know what else is wild? Like, I know there were parts of that Halo movie that were gonna, that made it into District 9, but that was like a whole short film before District 9 came out called Welcome to Joburg. So like the whole concept started there. And then I think like assets from the Halo movie made it in there. But oh. like that whole thing was like already like an established universe. Okay. The the shorts, I, I don't think I've seen Welcome to Joburg, but like it's definitely a, cause like I've been meaning to rewatch District 9 cause I, I, I've seen it twice. I seen it once when it came out, and years then once ago, like three years remember. later. Yeah, like can't remember. Much. I remember liking it, and I remember everybody being like, "Yo, this shit was strangely good." Like I remember yeah. people being surprised they liked it. That shit got nominated for best picture. Like it almost, I think it won. Didn't it win? I don't remember. It was a big deal. Did it have good graphics back then, or was it just like what was it? It was gorgeous. It it like like all the aliens looked great. The UFOs on 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 the spaceships and like the the special effects were cool. It was um it was his first movie. The guy's name is Neil Blomkamp. That was his first big movie ever. Oh, it was like a huge first. deal that he got nominated because he was supposed to make the Halo movie, like you said. So that's the first. That's a hell of a first movie. That motherfucker right there. Yeah, and it's crazy because the other two he put out two others. No, three others. It was uh. It was Elysium with Matt Damon. Um, I still need to watch that one. It was all right. It, it, it wasn't as good as District 9. But it was Eminem was cool. supposed to be in that movie, allegedly. <laughs> of course he was. Nah, uh, for real. It said Eminem was supposed to be uh, Matt Damon's character. It's Matt yeah, Damon, that's, right? Yeah, yeah. That's not surprising at all. Like, he like, like he fits the type. And then, um, what was it? Because it went Elysium, and then there was uh, Chappie. You ever see Chappie? Okay, so... Here's the thing with Chappie. I don't believe people when they tell me it's a, it's okay movie. I just don't believe it. I don't know why. It's like I think of like Short Circuit, fucking Johnny Five and shit. When I see that movie, yeah. like, I just I can't. And then when I see the fucking Die Antword, I can't not see Die Antword. I'm sorry, yeah. like Die Antword. But I heard the movie's fine. Like people tell they, me they are Die Antword. That's them. Oh, okay, so they're playing themselves. Y- yeah, yeah. Basically, they're they're oh. they're. Yeah, yeah, they're basically playing themselves. And I mean, like, they suck, so I get it. But, like... <laughs> nah, yeah. I got nothing against them. It's just sometimes when I... I don't know. I just... It was just like, I'll watch this later. I think that was an airplane movie that's going to end up... You know when you watch oh. a weird movie on an airplane and you're like, this shit is good. I don't know if it's the altitude, but this shit is hitting. Yo, that happened to me... That happened to me twice. So, <laughs> the so the first time I saw... um, You ever see Phantom Thread? Um, It's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie with uh Daniel Day-Lewis in it. Ah, uh, that's the last one he did, right? That's the last one he did. So, like, I watched Phantom Thread on a plane and, like, I don't want to spoil the ending, but, like, I'm watching, like, I'm just, like, I'm, like, jet lagged, like, going home from somewhere and I'm just watching this. Like, the movie ends with, like, it, like, it turns out that he's got, like, uh, what's the Stockholm Syndrome, more or less. And, like, he's, like, being poisoned by the woman he loves. I'm spoiling the movie. Fuck it. And, like, and, like. (laughs) I'm just like like just watching it get to that point. I'm just like this movie is fucking crazy. Like I'm a I'm a 
I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of Daniel Day Lewis's and like and uh Paul what was it Paul Thomas Anderson? I can't remember, but whoever made it, movie was fire. But like that, like watching that on a plane fucked me up. And then the second time I was coming home from I think it was was it Tulsa? I was coming home from Tulsa and Toy Story 4 had just come out. And but here's the thing. I watched it three times with no sound. I didn't have headphones. So like I'm yeah, just like I've watching that. I've done that on the on the plane too with certain movies. It's very interesting. It's it's weird because like I I still haven't seen it with sound, like I I've so, so so like I've seen the whole thing three times. I could tell you every scene that happens, but I've never heard anything in the movie. Like it, I I just never fixed it, you know. <laughs> you know what? I can't. I'm gonna tell you a funny thing about me. I was and I talk to my mother about this all the time. I was a weird kid with movies. I don't remember like every time. I could probably name three characters in Toy Story. I know what they look like, but yeah. Mad Kid movies, I missed kid stuff. It's so strange. It's like, I don't have a connection to Woody and Buzz. Like, I have no connection to none of those. I'm trying to think of those other movies that came out. Like, I think I got a little Lion King in me, but other than that, it was weird. I was so into all dogs uh, go to heaven and like these other weird, the brave little toaster and fucking- Yeah, I was come like, on. I was into all these other weird cartoon movies. I was so, I wasn't against those, but my mother even said sometimes, she was like, you were a funny kid. Like when we go to the movies, you always want to see shit with real people. Like I never wanted to see, like I just, I was, I was in the guy like Terminator 2. We have to go see Terminator 2. Right. And they're like, calm down, relax. Like, you know, <laughs> so just yeah, very, whenever, I, whenever I think of like toy stories and a new one comes out and people are crying and shit. And yeah. I'm just like, I just, it don't hit me like that. Man, that was me. That was that was that was me when I saw the third one. Cause like I was like the whole thing is like Andy's going to college. And like I saw that movie like two weeks before I went to my freshman year in college. So like it was like it got was you. like perfect, perfect timing. Perfect timing. It got you. But, but but you see, like now I'm just thinking about you trying to go see like somebody's like, oh, let's go see like you ever see Cats Don't Dance? It's a real deep cut. But like so long story short, Cats Don't Dance is this like it's an animated movie that took place in the thirties and it's about a whole bunch of like animals who are like, this. It, it, it's like, it's like, yo, yo, that was you my unlocked, yo, you unlocked a fucking memory, nigga. This is what I'm talking about. These are the shits I fuck with, bro. These, right. The <laughs> that you was my whole you. shit, bro. That was you my favorite movie for like five years. Yo, you just unlocked a memory. That's fucking insane. These are, I'll be looking for all these old cartoons that are like, I don't know who made these. What company was making these fucking That movies? was Warner Brothers who made that one. Okay. Yeah, because, like, yeah, because, like, the little girl who was, like, uh, who was, like, Annie, and, like, she's, like, evil, and she had the butler who was, mm -hmm. like, built and shit, and, like, they just, like, sing songs, and she's and she's a piece of shit. Yeah, just, that that was my favorite. But, but but like, you know, like you just, just, like, I'm imagining you trying to go see Terminator 2 over Cast on Dance as a kid, and that's just kind of killing me. <laughs> yeah, I was, a, I was a sick, I was a sick, I mean, my family... <laughs> My family were, they put me on so much stuff. They didn't realize, like, when you're a kid, people just don't realize. So my uncle used to bring me into his room, and I was a little scaredy kid. He used to have posters. I still don't know how he had all these movie posters. I think he would just steal them from the movie theaters. But it would be, like, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street here and then some other random movie that I can't remember over here. And um, he had all these posters, and he would bring me into the room and then force me to watch horror movies. Like, he kind of broke me in, and it's kind of funny. <laughs> I'd be so afraid that he will force me. And I remember watching the first Friday the 13th and just paying attention. Like, I remember, stop being scared. Like, he just broke me. Like, just look, pay attention, just not scary. Just watch it. <laughs> and then I watch and 
I remember the twist at the end with his mother and everything. And then I was like, yo, this shit wasn't that bad. Then I did rationality as a kid. I was like, oh, it's Camp Crystal Lake. I'm in Brooklyn. He's not coming for me. Boom. And then once I got that in my head, it was like, all right, I'm good. And I thought I was, I thought the slate was clean. I thought I was good. My mother watches Hellraiser. That's one of my favorite movies ever. So she's fucking put me on the Hellraiser, which is a crazy yeah. movie to watch as a kid, by the way. Yeah, like, for real. Wow. You're not supposed to be watching this, but all right, we watching this tonight. So that movie puts me on to like gore and not being afraid of like gore. So that's why I think I'm a, like a, for lack of a better word, what they would say, a gore whore is what they would say. I don't, gore doesn't bother me in movies. Like the more, the better if it's done tastefully. Uh, but it really right. doesn't matter. I don't get queasy. I don't do any of that shit. I, I remember I seen the descent in the movie theater, the movie where the woman go in a cave. That movie's so fire, bro. Oh my God, girl, that movie's so fire. The girl throw up in the movie theater with one of <laughs> when when Shorty hits her friend in the face with the arm um, in her eye. The axe, the, yeah. <laughs> the girl next to me just vomited. I'll never forget that. And I'm like, damn, this shit really affects people. Like this shit really affects people. So I forgot why I got on this this topic of me watching all the movies as a kid. Um Oh, it was because um, oh, because we were because I was talking about Toy Story and how you didn't have like that connection oh, yeah. with it because you mean, just like, I like yeah, yeah, I think it's because my family didn't, they weren't into those movies. They didn't usher. I didn't see them watching that. You feel me? So yeah. like, yeah, it's like I didn't see them watching that. Therefore, I didn't have interest. I I seen my uncle watch wrestling, so I'm like, what is this wrestling thing? And I kind of gravitate. So like, you know, that's why I got into some of these things. Whereas. They weren't really, and then my mother would give me a few tapes. Woody Woodpecker watched this on video over and over again. Yeah. But like I said, after a while, I'm like, I want to watch what y'all watching. What is this shit? Like Scarface? Who's this guy? <laughs> What's going on here? Right. So like, so like, as you get older, um, and you kind of start to lean more into that shit. Like, do you remember like the first time? You remember the first time you watched a movie and it made and, and like it and like it really did like connect and hit with you like not even like it could be in like an artistic sense it could just be in like a oh like this is what movies are type of sense like it doesn't have to be anything too crazy but like the first movie that like really touched your heart type shit oh, oh I remember um I won't say touch I won't say touch my heart but it because I was still kind of well really young. Um, my grandma, and my grandfather went to go see Dead Presidents in the Bronx, like when I was oh. a kid, and when it came out, then I was like 95, 94. It was I was really young. I remember. How I'm, old are you, bro? I'm thirty. Oh, you're you're my age. All right, yeah. So you're like, so you were like three. You saw you saw Dead Presidents in the theater at three years yeah, old. Me, yeah, but let me explain this to you. <laughs> so what I remember from seeing that movie was the reaction of everyone in the movie theater. That was the first time I seen a movie, I think that I could remember from, cause I remember seeing movies back then when I was a kid. I'm sure I seen a Batman movie, I seen a few movies, but people were like reacting and it wasn't like excitement and clapping. It was like people crying, people pointing to the screen. And it was like, these are the old days. So you know, it was way different. Like oh, that, yeah, movie, I remember how that movie moved the crowd. I don't know if you remember in Paid in Full, where he only sitting down and he's talking about when they seen Scarface for the first time, how it hit the hood and everybody. That's how that movie felt when I was a kid. And I was kind of like, oh, like this thing moves people. It's not just a, it's not happy, happy, joy, joy, clap, hands, fun thing. It's like this, right. all the other things I've seen were horror and kids movies, but that's not horror. That's like a drama. I didn't really see drama. So that was like the first drama where my brain kind of was like, I know I didn't wrap the story around. I still remember the lady hopping out of the dumpster dying. Uh -huh. I couldn't I couldn't put together the courtroom scene and all that kind of stuff and all the 
homie coming back from a war and PTSD. I didn't get all of those things as a kid. Yeah. But it's so funny. I remember this, the way the room reacted and everything. And then I have another story of like, I wanted to see Belly when I was a kid because I love DMX so much. Naturally. Yeah. My mother took me to go see that. She's like, yo, you should not be, I should not be taking you to go see this fucking movie. But you're lucky because I want to see it. And I'd rather you see it with me than you're going to end up seeing it anyway. That's and always, that's that's always the reason from parents. I'd rather you see it with me. Yeah. And I went to go see that. And that also was, it's funny because what year was that? 98? 98, somewhere between 98 and 2000, I think. So like, did Sixth Sense in those movies come out already? Nah, because the Sixth Sense was 99, I think, right? Yeah, because I want to say, yeah. I'm trying to go in chronological order of, like, the movies that I've seen that had different effects on me. Belly was different. Belly was like, oh, my God, these guys are not actors. So my brain was kind of like, <laughs> anything. like, literally, my brain was like, yo, you can do anything. That movie literally showed me, like, I, and then I had the Jamaican shit in it. I've never seen my people represented in no movie, in no movie theater. So that shit bust my head, like, as a kid. Like, I was not expecting him to right. go to Jamaica. Like, and I still remember when he went to Jamaica, looking at my mother, and she was like, oh, shit. Like, I still remember. Then I also remember getting bored of the movie when I was a kid. Like, what's going on here? And to this day, when I watch that movie, I get bored at the same part as as, as, as I did when I was a kid. So that says a lot about my attention span or, my, <laughs> or something. But um, that also then is Sixth Sense, not to keep rambling. Then it's Sixth no, Sense. No, no, it's cool. <laughs> Seeing a plot twist with a bunch of people, because I'm a little bit older now, and I get movies more. And I've never seen a plot twist like that. So right. that was kind of like a, oh my God, like what the fuck? And I remember everyone leaving the theater and talking and talking about a movie after you see it like that. And then trying not to tell people what they saw, what you saw, but then tell them to go see it. So yeah, those were the ones that like, it's a strange set of three movies, but those are like my earliest movie theater experiences. Cause that's very important. Home is different from theater. Oh yeah, definitely. Damn, man, those are three. A, those are three crazy experiences. I I want to say something about all three of them before we move on. So A, I don't think I I definitely didn't see no dead presidents in no fucking movie theater. I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I did. But like, but like, I rewatched it again recently, and just like, just like, there's just like, like you were saying, like, there's just like certain things about that you just like don't under you know, like even something is like that might seem silly as a kid as like. Keith David having a fake leg and somebody ripping his fake leg off, you know, like you like yeah. laugh at that when you're a kid, but then you like look at it and like look at the fact that he's like running the numbers, whatever the fuck that means, you know, like it's it's it, and, and just like and like and like and like the relationship him and um Lorenz Tate had, and then just like and then like the whole war shit, and then like the the part that always gets me is like that was the first time I'd ever seen Chris Tucker do drama like that because we all know Chris Tucker from we all we all know Chris Tucker from Friday so like you see him kind of come in and you come in he's like a heroin addict and then the movie ends and he's strung out dead on the couch and the fucking you know you know the fucking feds bust in like that shit that shit hit me hard that shit hit me hard this time I was like what the fuck like what I'm telling you as I got older when I seen that again because I was like let me watch this shit you know because those era when me and Juice would watch Juice and Menace Society I used to watch Menace. I used to watch Menace and Paid in Full. There was eras where I'd watch certain movies every night and every day after school. There was right. a time when I watched Paid in Full every day for like two years straight. There was a time when I watched Menace Society every day for like two years straight. Um, don't know why I was obsessed. I mean, you know why I was yeah. obsessed. <laughs> um, how the hell we got to these movies? Sorry, I just went through my. I went through my. Um, how do we get there? How do we get to? We were talking about. We were talking about. Um, Dead Presidents. Oh yeah. So as I got older, those movies, I don't notice that much shit. 
because those are pretty straightforward. Like, I got those. But yeah. something about Dead Presidents, it's like a black full metal jacket. Yeah, it's, that really is. Two movies, bro. It's so strange because they're in war. Like, I didn't remember they actually were in war and they showed that until I watched the movie again when I was older. And I was like, wait a minute, these motherfuckers, they showed them fight the war. Yeah. Like, Bo King Woodbine was carrying the head in his backpack head, and head. shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that all those kind of things, you know, those things really made me have way more respect for the movie. And then just like the subtle shit when Clifton Powell was just cuddy, where he has he's he's like taunting him and it's like, then this nigga's question is his baby his, and he felt so powerless. And it just shows you like bad niggas came back from war and had nothing. Like, yeah. you know, nigga bringing home actual meat, you know, the ends of fucking, you know what I mean? Like this shit is a different, it's a reality check. It really shows you like, like I said to earlier before we even started this, perspective. You think your day is hard? There's a nigga like that motherfucker right there that's bringing home the ends of some fucking pork that his guy gave him, <laughs> not even paying him in money. You feel me? So right, all of that shit, you know, um, motherfucker made him suck the barrel of his gun. He's, he said, I got a present for you. Suck it. <laughs> crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah, that movie different. That movie different. And in then the, in the stairwell, son. That, 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 the, the movie wild. That's the Sorry. beginning of Maine. Terrence Howard, man. That's the birth yeah. of man. Wow, it is, isn't it? That's Damn. the birth of man. That's the man. Wow. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that really was the first one. He beat his ass at the end, too. Like Lorraine, he, he was he was he was ready to go. He was like, he came back from the war, like, yeah, nah, yeah, movie's crazy. Um, and then and yeah, like Dead Presidents is yeah, classic. Like, I, like, think, I wanna say it's underrated, but I feel like people know of it. They I don't think people indulge, you know. They know the artwork, they know the movie, but I don't think people really sat down yeah. and really watched that movie. Right, yeah, like every, everybody knows like the face paint because because you know like because you know like people used to like be out in like the face paint for Halloween and just like out whenever with it. So like people know that, and then to like get to belly, like I feel you on getting bored at that specific part of the movie because like that movie is like it's a hype Williams movie, so like the whole thing looks great, and like obviously like the intro and like the first act is like I watch it just for that, but then mm -hmm. you just like. The like it's not let's see let's see where you think the movie dies i wonder where you think it starts to go downhill damn so i'm gonna say this up front belly's not like a good movie it looks fan it's fantastic like, like, like i love the movie it's it's one of my favorites it's not a good movie in like style the strictest sense style over substance for sure exactly and that's fine like it, it you know like I, I i wasn't going into it looking for something like dead presidents you know like Oh man, I want to say like I want to say it dies down. Um, oh man, I'm trying to. It's been a while since I seen Belly, so I'm I'm trying to remember the exact scene. Uh, no, you start. You tell me first. You tell well, me. It's first. not a scene to me. It's a it's a pacing thing. When it gets to and I and I think I figured it out. I think they ran out of money because that's usually what happens. So right. the movie gets strange when DMX gets locked up. Then he goes into that program. Yeah. And they, once they show the ball drop in New Year's and they show people outside like this and they Nas is doing this long soliloquy and then they show DMX with the glasses and he's about to go kill that guy, the movie is it's over. Like, they don't need that. I think the movie should have stopped with Tommy Buns going to prison and leave on a cliffhanger because that's how you have niggas like, we need to see what happened to Tommy. Having Tommy go kill the fake, right. try to kill the fake Farrakhan the fake Farrakhan guy gives his long speech. I knew you were coming. Then he gives him this long fucking speech. And it's like, bro, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is this? And I think they just ran out of money or steam. Like, these are not real. Most of these people in this movie aren't real, real actors, too. So at some point, 
It's like it's not like having Daniel Day Lewis on set where he kind of knows right. the most, most filmmaking. You know, Nas got to go on the road. DMX just got two double platinum fucking, not two double platinum. The nigga sold like eighteen million copies. Yeah. So he, <laughs> at some point, the nigga like I kind of gotta go. Yeah. So every time I watch that movie, I'll be like, I want to make a Meech cut where I just, I just cut that part out, and oh, I do my man. narration in Nas voice. Yo, I had to go to Africa. Tommy's. <laughs> And then it's an ending cliffhanger. <laughs> delete and then delete Belly Two. I don't know if you know about Belly Two. With the oh, game. of course I know about Belly Two. This shit is garbage. Sorry, <laughs> game. We got to get that out of here, bro. Yeah, nah. <laughs> Buns or Tommy for short, like you know, <laughs> type uh, shit. God damn. Um. Okay. So now we gotta hop over to the other side of the tracks. This has already been so great, bro. Like, thank you. Like, wh when did you? When did you? When did you first fall in love with music? Like, this is all happening. So when did music come into the fold for you? Um, since birth, around the same same shit with the movie thing. Um, right. And where I gravitated towards the VHS tapes, I gravitated towards the cassette tapes. Um, yeah. So I would say since birth, I grew up in a household. I was always playing reggae music all day long on the radio. My father was into music. My father mm -hmm. worked at um, he worked at Kiss FM and worked in the radio and shit. Back oh in no the day. shit! So, mm -hmm. so it was like a musical household. So it's hard to pinpoint it because I didn't have like a one of those moments a lot of kids have. It was like when I went to school and they taught me this song. It was like since since birth, I kind of was always dancing into music. They would make me dance and shit and like play songs and make me do the vocal <laughs> and do all that, you know. So um, it's always been like since child, since I've been like a little, little child. I can tell you <laughs> my earliest like hip hop memory of like, oh, I like this guy and this song and this is fire it was like LL Cool J. When I was a kid, he was like larger than life to me. So like, I remember when Mama Says Knock You Out came out, I used to like, that's like the first rap song I think I learned all the words to. Hmm. And like, used to do everything he did in the video, put the towel over my head and do all that shit. Like, I used to love that. I used to literally say, my mother said, I used to go around just saying, Mama Said Knock You Out to people and shit like that. Like that was my shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, nah, LL like, had it. Like, it, it's just like, it, it's just so crazy that like, as people get older and like, and like generations move on, like people just like, his stuff is really just timeless in that way. You know, like, it's like, just like great, like first, like, like you never heard rap before, listen to LL Cool J, you know, like right. he just kind of like embodies, especially like the early shit, you know, like, you could even, cause like, Cause like I even remember when like Headsprung came out and like that album was like everything to me because my mom loved it, you know, and like, but like even before that, like we all knew Mama said knock you out. Like that was just like the song, like everyone knew. But then as I got older, I go through and and like um listen to the oh, what's the name of the album? I'm mad I'm blanking on the name, but it's the one that's like black and it's like him kind of looking down. This is um, Smith. I think I think it's Smith. I yeah. think it's Mr. Smith. Yeah. That, that phenomenon on it and some other shit. I think I forgot what's on. The J Lo song too. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ella like, got, got hits. Um, and it's that's an early, it's so funny because I'm thinking about that song. That's like I think I was that might be 93. That's like 93. That's like early. That's a long time ago. And yeah, then after bro. it was like Wu Tang. It went straight. I was it was over for me after that. It was like straight Wu Tang and and just then before I knew a Biggie Smalls was out, so I was just listening and hearing that shit all day long. Mm -hmm. and yeah, I became a fiend. It was over after that. Right. And then, yeah, and then, you know, like, you obviously, like, went on and expanded. You literally have a DJ Screw vinyl behind you. Like, oh, yeah. or, yeah, like, you know, like, it's just like, but I want to, 
because yeah, like usually this is the part where I ask people if they ever had a moment where like music and film they kind of connected them together in their mind but you already mentioned it with the Wu-Tang shit I'm so interested in you kind of like discovering those movies and discovering Wu-Tang around the same time so like talk to me more about that because that's crazy yeah it 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 kind of doesn't I, that's why I say I grew up at the, like the best time I think ever I'm glad I, I was born when I was born because I think if I was born any a little bit later I would have not grasped things properly well not properly but how i needed to and if it was any earlier i'd have been a little arrogant i feel like so <laughs> i got right there like technology wasn't super bussing you know some niggas didn't even have a computer when i had a computer they, they didn't even know what the fucking computer was like they don't know any of it. so <clears throat> i think i grew up at like a perfect time so with shit like the wu-tang thing it it's like it's so hard to pinpoint it because it's almost like all i know is those movies and that music and it's like this, it's just the soundtrack, part of the soundtrack of my childhood. It's kind of like, even when we were making music with the RZA, when I met him, it was, I was like, yo, it's not to, I ain't gonna fan out. I never like, I'm be, you know, I never say not to fan out or apologize. I never apologize for being a fan of somebody. But I had to explain to him, I'm like, it doesn't, you still don't understand. It doesn't really make sense to me because your music and the movies that I grew up watching are the same thing. You sampled sounds from things I watched, like, like I said, Five Deadly Venoms is one of my favorite movies of all time. I still watch that movie all the fucking time. So it just doesn't get, yeah, it's so hard to describe. It doesn't really make sense. Like when you tell me to think about it, how it coincide, I don't know what came first. I just know that I was obsessed with like both of them. And then as a kid, I figured out, oh, this is like eight of these guys in the group. Then I found ODB and then I just got obsessed with Old Dirty Bastard at some point. It became right. like ODB obsession. And then, yeah, it just sprinkles off to so much different things in life um fucking figuring out about samples i think they're like the first people that like learned what samples and shit was so it's really hard to pinpoint because it, it opens up a branch to other so much shit from from the god body talk from what they're talking about to like gold teeth bro from crazy hairstyles from yeah and then it also shows me it's okay to to borrow from other cultures like that's a big thing to me because a lot of what I like influenced by and all of us nowadays, everybody's how much niggas I know now love Japanese, everything and anime and shit. You go to nigga crib, you think he's a Japanese kid. And it's right, like, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't always a thing. Oh, like no, it, I, it was a thing. And amongst black culture of us liking Kung Fu movies also, but in, in our art form, no one's ever really did that. And then to see it work, they went around the world and the other sides of the world loves it. If not more than we love it over here. Yeah, kind of like, yeah, it, it was crazy. And those also artists that I've seen, like, they don't compromise their their style or anything for anyone. And they're still, like, the most legendary people ever. And they're bigger than the movies. So it's, it's fucking insane. So people still don't know it's fucking kung fu movies that they're named after and shit like right. that. Right. Yeah, bro. That's so wild to me. Because, it, yeah, and just, like, and like that's like a whole other conversation, like especially especially like cultural exchange between like black and Asian people, and just like that's like a, like, like a, like I'm not really in a position to say whether or not it's like respectfully done, you know, because I'm not Asian or Japanese yeah. or Chinese, you know, like it, like we could go down the list, but um, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like that, like that like like Wu Tang in particular really like I, like I'm with you like that really cracked that open for me when I realized what it was and I put it all together like especially with like the character names because like because like because like the surface level is like they were like naming themselves after superheroes but then you go further down and you really dig into 
you know, like you look at how much RZA really like respects that stuff and like really like lives it, you know? And it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, like there's, there's a way to do that and not have it feel like wrong, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not tacky, yo, it's not tacky at all. That's, yeah. You know why? Because the intent is the intention. And, you right. know, those are men, those are men of knowledge and wisdom. So I think they would never come from that kind of, um, from that kind of angle. But yeah, that's, I hate, like, I know that my answer was a strange ass answer. No, like, it wasn't. Wu Tang is very complicated with their influence in my life because they influenced so much things in my life without like me even really thinking about it until sometimes when I'm like listening to a song or I talk to Riz and I'm like, damn, these niggas gave me a lot, like a lot of my, my childhood, you know? Right. And yeah, like y'all really did the song with RZA. Like I like I almost forgot about that until I listened to it yesterday. I was like, damn, like they really did that. Like mm-hmm. that was that was a moment too. Like I remember when it came out and I was like, y'all made it to RZA. Like I was proud. Was like <laughs> I was spoiled. I was spoiled in the beginning. I told niggas I went from rapping on Eric's beat straight to a RZA beat, like when I first rapped. I didn't really that was the only other producer I met and like right. rapped on. So it's funny, it was like First beats was all from my friend. Second was from RZA. So it was always interesting. Like the beats, the people I fucking came to, came across. And why I respect him so much, i never forget the first time I met him. Comes into the room, instantly starts rapping. So now look at Eric and Juice. I'm like, you know, after he's done rapping, we got to rap, right? Because once he's <laughs> rapping, he's stuck commanding the room and the niggas got cameras out. So then Juice, so Juice starts rapping, I start rapping, Eric starts rapping. And then even later that night, I was like, that's funny. We just cyphered the RZA. Like I would have never thought in a million years when I'm a kid listening to this shit, you know, yeah. that I was going to ever be siphoning with a nigga, let alone a nigga know my name and know shit about me, got my number, you know, all that type of shit. So it makes it, makes it real funny, real interesting. That's so wild. Before we move on, I just noticed that you have a give me some more skate deck in the back and that's beautiful. The fucking middle shit. Oh, like I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was looking at the lady and I'm like, that's from the give me some more video, isn't it? Like, yeah, I just, I just, I, I couldn't not say not where I got this from, but I seen that and I was like, it was in the store, and I don't think anybody knew what the fuck it was in the store. You know, that went shit over is there. so hard. Thank wow, thanks. Hello, collection. Ah, that's tight. Um, so you know, you already mentioned it, but like, but yeah, like when did you? So like, when did you start rapping? A and B. When did you realize it would be something that was more than just a hobby? You said that you didn't. So so like, you didn't start rapping until you met with Eric and started rapping over his beats, or had it happened before? Nah, I didn't. I would freestyle and play games, and like I was one of them niggas that I could, I could freestyle for hours about bullshit and troll people before trolling was a thing. That's what I would do. Like, right? I might just freestyle and rap about Eric and just bother him all day, and he'd be like, "Yo, this nigga's annoying." And but it's funny shit, you know. Um, so I always had that talent. Um, I never really had like the and Eric would always tell me this. He was like, "I can't front you. The only like he was like you and Juice would." only in the first two people I've ever seen that just picked up music, like not music, but rapping so easily. And I think because I'm literally a student of like movies and music, like I listened to a lot of music my whole life. That's my, I'm only child. So that was my best friend was movies and music. So it like rapping was easy as fuck to me. It didn't really, it was like nothing, but Eric, Eric was solo first. He always made music since he was probably 14 years old. He's been making music. So I always been in the background listening. So it's not like one day someone threw on a beat and then I figured out I've been around, I've been around it. So whether Eric knew it or not, I'm watching him do stuff um, and I'm learning 
you know, I'm being his support system. That's my friend, but I'm still learning and taking yeah. down notes. So while other people might have been around back then not taking down notes, I was, you know, figuring the shit out. And then at some point, me and Juice just got to a point where we were like, yo, bro, I don't really like anything that's out right now. Like, no one really represents our kind of lifestyle or what we're trying to do or talk about the shit we talk about. Um, so we just made out. We decided to make music. And that that was really it. And then at that time, that was like, I want to say I started writing and maybe yeah, when I was like 19 like 19 maybe 20 maybe like 20 years old mm -hmm. 19 20. i want to say 20 because even in high school there was people who rapped in high school and i knew <clears throat> it's funny i knew i had like i always knew i could rap not to sound arrogant enough i always knew that like i could do this if i wanted to or like we'd have like little talent shows and like little school fucking freestyle things and shit and i would just never compete because it's in my head i was just like I want to figure out what I want to. I want to really figure out who I am before I come out and rap for niggas. Cause right. Oh, yeah, I feel that. Like, I never want to be a kid rapper too. Like I, even when I was young, I was like, I don't need no kid rapper. When you start <laughs> rapping too young, Joey's lucky. Joey Badass is fucking lucky. But usually, like when niggas are really young, it's like, nah, it don't really work. So my brain was always like, I'm good. I ain't got a story right now to even tell. I'm just writing bars about stupid shit. You could get crisscross real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Like, and I didn't. And yeah, so life happened. I got a little bit older. I fucking dropped out of school. Um, I'm working a fucking job. I stopped working a job now on the side. I want to I wanna make music. Like me and Juice used to just get together in the staircase, blow mad blunts, draw shit on the wall, write rhymes, and just spit shit back and forth and practice our pen. And it was just verses and verses and verses. But like no, no structure. My first verses, sometimes I listen, I'd be like, that nigga right, I, that nigga was a bat out of hell. I was just spitting, just so anxious to get these shits off. So... Started to talk to Eric and you know, I was like, yo, I think we want to start recording. And he was like, all right. He had a project coming out and he had this one beat that was mad fire. And me and Juice just decided to rap on it. And once he released it, everybody was like, yo, this shit's fucking amazing. You guys have great chemistry together. And yeah, I think since then, um, it was up since then, posting music on Tumblr and all that type of shit. Yeah. And then, you know, just it just went up since then. I can't pinpoint my exact age. I want to say like 20. I don't think I was a teenager. I think I was like 20. Got it. And like, you know, just, I mean, like, I feel like people talk about it more and more now, but just like your voice, man, like, just like, 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 I think I tweeted this yesterday. Like if I met somebody with your voice and they didn't rap, I would literally drag them to a booth and be like, you're rapping. I don't care what you do. You're rapping. Like you, you, you just like got the voice for it. Like you just like, just like going through um going through the beast coast album again like your verses are the ones that i come away with the most like those are the ones that always leave an impression on me because you just like just like your delivery is just like you just have a voice you know like like, like you hear it it's like that's me it's mm -hmm. it's it just it just it just works so like when you started kind of like developing with with um um with eric and juice like was there a point when you kind of like heard yourself back and you were like, not only is this something that I know I can do, like we're gone. Like it's over. Like, when did that happen for you? <laughs> um, Probably it's funny because I have more dimensions in my voice than I really use. I don't really get to use a lot. You know, I use a lot of the rasp because um, that's like my comfort, to be honest, which is crazy right. because for other people it's not. So my comfort is what people try to really do. They'll lose their voice doing. Um, I I don't know. It's probably 
thug waffle maybe when that maybe maybe that when people just heard my voice on that because also the thing about that song is so weird we was doing so much experimental shit that like we slowed the song down a little bit and did something so like my voice sounds scarier than it normally sounds so if you listen to thug waffle now you could ha- you could hear that i have like there's some distortion or something on my vocals but it makes me sound big even bigger and scarier so I think when people first heard yeah. that, they were like, it's kind of like what Tyler the Creator was doing sometimes. He would use the crazy shit on his voice back in the days. So who knows? Niggas probably thought Tyler was a six foot eight, big, fucking strong superhero, crazy looking nigga or demon or some shit. And then they see him as like, all right, because his voice sounded so when you don't when you don't see a person yet, and you just hear this voice. You're like, what the fuck is this? You know, Biggie yeah. sounds like he's an eight foot tall nigga. He is. He's huge, but he yeah. sounds bigger than that. Um, yeah, so I think Thug Waffle probably. And then um, I don't really know. I don't feel like I don't. I still don't. The voice thing is so strange because I think my voice is very powerful. I think I have a very unique voice, and I will say I think in in hip hop history, from a guy who listened to a lot of hip hop, I think I have one of the best voices ever. Um, for that, but I do think at the same time I'm still learning how to tap into other parts of it because mm-hmm. you don't ever want to be a not even say one trick pony because I can't help that I miss my voice. You know, but you also also want to find other parts of my voice so that when I do get into that bag, you really if you feel it now, I, when I get more control over it. And it sounds crazy to say you've been doing something for 10 years and you're still learning. But when you get more control over it, you get to use it more as a weapon. Like I did a song mm-hmm. with James Blake one time and he was like, I started my verse like a bat out of hell. And nigga was like, I think you should start it like a little calm. And I'm like, nah, nigga, I need to tell these niggas. What. And I just nigga, need to tell these niggas how I feel. And he was like. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, James, I love you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do a calm. And I started calm and I climbed up with my voice and I, and it built way more tension and it made the verse hit a little bit differently. So, you know, I'm still learning them type of things with my voice. So to this day, it still surprises me when people say, yo, your voice is one of the best things I've ever heard, or it gives me chills. I never get used to that kind of stuff. Cause it's just like, uh, you know, it's my voice. Yeah. And I'm actually, <laughs> it's crazy. You bring that up because there's two, there's two moments on vacation in hell in particular where I think you were kind of starting to figure that out. Um, you are my sunshine, which really fucks me up every time I hear it. Like that to me was when I was like, oh, he's like trying something like he's he's bending it a little bit, like not too much because like but but just like you managed to keep that rasp, but it still sounds so tender. Like that's such a tender and raw song, and I and like I hadn't really heard you like uh, like that in the Brotherhood song on that album. Like those are like really tender and raw moments for you, and you're not exactly the most tender and raw dude on the face of the earth when it comes to music. A lot of the time, you Facts. more more and more now, but like mm-hmm. but like that's when I first started to notice, and I was like, oh, he's like moving it around a little bit, and like there's a little bit more of that on Gothic Luxury too. Like not too much, but like you're pushing yourself a little bit, mm-hmm. and you know, you, you know, like for somebody who's been here since uh, Mraz was the first song I heard. Oh, better. That's better a good first era. Yeah, like that. That's like that's. I remember the first time I saw the video, and I was like, "Who the fuck are the Flatbush Zombies?" And that was it. Y'all played my school that year, and that was like they announced y'all. Like I had heard Thug Waffle, but I really went and dug, and I heard. I heard Raz and Better Off Dead, and I was like, "Oh, I'm in." You know, like that was yeah, yeah. I, it, it. Was it was a rap after that? I never told you that y'all played my school. Like that was that was, um, was purchase SUNY purchase. Oh shit! Y'all played it's- uh culture shot. 
Y'all play yeah, culture shock. It's so funny when people bring up um those school shows because those like the early stages too. And I love I love those shows because it was such a like a people just discovering the music for the first time too. So right. it was like such a different time. I almost died in that pit, bro. <laughs> good, good and a bad thing. Yeah, no, nah, it, it was beautiful. But like that was just like like that was like that was like completely uninhibited, like drunk college students. Just like it was like you know, like I got like like at purchase, I got swallowed in that pit. You know Anamanaguchi, the chip tune band? Yeah. Yeah, so like Anamanaguchi played like a year and a half later. I almost died in that pit too. Like it's just like that type of space. <laughs> you know? But um, but anyway, I'm 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 now I'm getting off track. But yeah, just like you know, like that, I just kind of noticed you starting to like experiment with your voice a little bit. Like it's real subtle, but I see what you're saying. And um, I want to um, um, I want to take that opportunity to just kind of go into gothic luxury because, of course, like, you know, you know like y'all have been a unit for almost 15, 15 years at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's it and, and it's like, why? I mean, like the pandemic happened, so I'm sure that played a big part in it. But like, why was now the time? Because I mean, like Eric had I mean, like Eric had solo stuff. Juice had solo stuff. Like, why was now? Why was now the time for you to go solo? Like, why was it like now is time for the Miji Darko solo? Um, like you mentioned in the beginning, the the P word, the pandemic word that, yeah. that made us have a lot of space. So with all that space, obviously everyone's spending time to themselves. It's it's a it's a no brainer. And I think also right. we were we are workhorses. And before before that whole pandemic shit, um. We didn't really ever take a break or stop and be on the road. We've been on the road nonstop since we first started. Like right. not like I have to I actually want to ask my manager at the agency or someone to see if they can find out how many shows we've done, like and how constant we've done shows since we first started doing shows. So right. you know, the idea of taking us slowing down for a second and figuring that out was very important to us because the world was kind of crazy at that moment. And we didn't want to just make an album and not know what the hell was even happening like with life in the world at that point right. um, and eric kind of wanted to get some shit off um he always does a solo project but i feel like at this point we've been working for so so long it's good for him to actually get that chance to do that um and then also with that time being open you should do the same thing and i should do the same thing and it's it's like it's never really a problem with them because those are my brothers. So if somebody wants yeah. time to work on music, it's actually, it's good that we all take this time. Because like I said, we've been working nonstop for more fucking 10 damn years. And every time Ar- uh, Eric had to do Arctramento, he has to balance doing Flabber Zombies and his project. And that's a lot for him. And I want to see my friend actually devote 100% of his attention to something that he wants. Right. You know, not, you know, as a friend, I think that's mad important. Um, It's not always about it's not always about um, feeding. People have this shit, fans, and not just fans, but people in general have, they have this, I don't want to use this word because I don't want to say entitlement, but it's like they want it and they want it now and they don't know the inner work of the people. And like, these are my brothers. So if these are people that I would just sign on the basketball team, with, let's run it. This next season, let's run it. Let's run it. Okay, nigga, you got shit going on. It don't matter. Let's try to get this chip. When it's my brothers and shit, it's like, Nigga, my man's need to drop his solo album. He been this ten years. He he been doing music before me. He deserves this. And like right. and with this, chance, we get me and Juice get to do our thing and learn. And when we go out to part ways, I get to make new links now. Now I got Doctor Genius. So now when I go back to the zombies, right. 
I got something new to bring to the table and something bigger. And and Juice gonna bring back what he got to go bring to the table. And Eric's gonna bring back, and it's gonna be we have something more to talk about. Um, see, yeah, and growth is you can grow with each other. Yes, and all of this to me is like we're still this one big tree. It just so happens that a seed might have fell off. Three seeds fell off right next to that big tree, and then new trees are growing right next to it. And that's what I'm seeing. Before you know, we're gonna have a forest. That's how I really you know uh see it as it's complicated for people because we don't really talk about this shit. it's complicated for people to to get when you don't explain it but what's understood don't got to be explained realistically so come on man yeah you already know like that's i love that because like you look at you know like you look at something like the obvious example is something like wu-tang when like wu-tang went off and did their own thing and like mm -hmm. all the all the you, 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 and you know like of course like all those solo albums are great and you know like they had a their their history is complicated this isn't a wu-tang podcast but like they're they, they, yeah. they've they've been all over the place they got whatever their relationships are but you look at somebody like a a less obvious comparison is like a group like the internet right like they're like a whole like group and they put out ego death which is one of my favorite albums ever i listen to that shit like every week just about and then they go off and split and you see people be like oh like Oh, like is the internet over? Like y'all are putting out solo albums, you know? Like that's always like the the first place everyone's mind goes. But then you see Sid make Finn, and you see um, Matt Martians make his project, and Steve Lacey make his project, and um, uh, oh man, the bassist Patrick, I forget his last name. You see Patrick make his project, but then they come back together and they make Hive Mind, you mm -hmm. know? Like and like that's the direction that you know, like that's. Because just because y'all are going off and doing your own thing doesn't have to mean that there's like discord or like trouble in paradise. Like y'all are just, you, you said it, I'm not going to say it again, but like, yeah. it's just like, it just works. And the fact that y'all are coming, that's just great. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm rambling now. That's great. I love it. Nah, but, but you, but you get, you get what I'm saying. And when I say entitlement, I don't ever make people feel like I'm, you know. Oh, of course not. Yeah. But it's just, uh, people get comfortable very very comfortable with things being i want it this way i'm used to it and it's like yeah but you got to take a break for a little bit sometimes mcdonald's takes a sandwich off the menu for a year and then when it comes back it's better right. <laughs> that's a fact that's a fact um so so let's talk so let's talk about gothic luxury for real real quick so like where did so like while you're so like you decide it's time it's time for the meat solo album where did the idea of gothic luxury come from like what did I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like we can kind of guess what it means, but like, where did it come from? So it wasn't the original title of the album, but it was more like the mood and the tone that I was, the words that I was using to describe the tone that I wanted the album to be like, just the mood, the vibe. And when I would use, because people ask me, like, how do you want the album to sound and feel? We go with feeling a lot, less of like sound sometimes, more like the feeling. And then I would use that terminology. And every time I would use it, people would be like, oh, like I never really heard those words together. That should sound fire. And the more we would use it and everyone around me that was working on the project would use it in the very beginning. Everybody was like, you should just make the album name Gothic Luxury. Um, originally wanted to be called Cursed. It was one of the names I had. I had a few names. I don't want to give up the other names because I still might use them. Right. Cursed. And then I was like, yeah, words are too powerful. I don't want my first shit to be called Cursed. Uh, I got enough. I got enough shit going on. I ain't trying to put that on myself. Right. So I decided to go with Gothic Luxury. Um, and it just works to me. The the meaning of it is more of um, it's more of like 
leaning into this into I don't finding comfort in the darkness. You feel me? Like right. the best example I, I give people when I was talking to my friend the other day, um, he asked me the same question, like, yo, what does it exactly mean to you not to interview you? But I said, if I had a bunch of kerosene in my hand right now and I'm like, I'm gonna burn you alive and you ain't got no choice. You'd rather me burn you alive in a nice Tom Ford suit and you could die. <laughs> You could die with a little, you know, or you want to keep on your dusty ass one sock with a hole in it and your basketball shorts with a hole in the pocket and coal in your eye. He was like, yeah, put the time for on me and kill me. And like, that's kind of what I mean. Like, you know, shit, shit is fucked up, but we're going we gonna to go out and, you know, if it's going to be, if, if it's going to be treacherous, we're going to make it look good. And that's kind of what it really means to me. It's like, you know, um, a lot of times, I don't want to say it sounds, what I want to say sounds so arrogant so i'm not going to say those words but um you gotta you gotta find a way to make your pain and the shit you go through sometimes still in, as enjoyable as possible and the funny thing about like even the term gothic luxury i explained to my friend i was like yo the most luxurious shit i've experienced as far as furniture and certain stuff a lot of that shit ain't even comfortable yeah. You know, I mean, the most expensive chair I've ever sat in, it ain't a comfortable chair. You can't even sit in it. But um, yeah, so it's just like a it's just like an entendre. I guess a it's a lot of different things with the with the gothic luxury terminology. I'd never expected it to be the title. So when people ask me that sometimes I laugh because I'm like, this was not supposed to be the title of the album, but right. Makes sense. It's where I am right now in life. Yeah, you know, like it's just like the tone and the theme and, you know, like to even go off of the chair thing, like, you know, like that's fashion too, you know, like a lot of the, like people say like pain is fashion because like mm -hmm. the best looking shit is going to, you know, it might fuck your leg up, you yep. know, like, you, you know, like, like from skinny jeans to, to like tight shoes, like, you know, you, you know, like you're kind of putting yourself through pain to look good, good. you know, and like that's, that's kind of what I got from the whole gothic luxury thing, like when, like, like, like when I first saw that and like, of course, like, it's not it's like it's like the theme of the album like you know like the like, like the theme of the album is the title of the album and like there isn't like a there's not like a narrative or like a story you're trying to follow it's just like this is the type of thing i'm trying to reach with these songs mm -hmm. you know which is which is you know like it's like a nice little like expectation um primer for people to just be like expect this you know like i like i like it when i like it when a good project comes together and just like you know like once again, like you're not trying to tell a story. I mean, you're telling stories like in the, in the different songs, you know, like obviously, like, you know, like I'm, I'm of course you um, um you lost your dad very recently. Once again, rest in peace. I'm sorry about that. Um, And just like there's so many little bits of you in here and mm -hmm. like you're still rapping the way you always have. And but like you don't you know, you don't have you know, you don't have Eric and Juice to bounce off of here. It's like you kind of doing this by yourself and you really digging into what makes Meech Meech. And, you know, like, especially considering all the stuff that you've gone through over the course of the past couple of years and not having your brothers there on record to bounce off of, like, was that a, I don't want to ask if it was challenging for you because clearly it wasn't, but like, I guess this feels like such an obvious question, but like, was there a difference between was there a big difference between making this project, especially considering how varied it is, like between like making this project by yourself versus making it with them? Like, yeah. Yeah. The, the, there's so much, um, 
very like so much different varying things that like I noticed when making this project alone versus making it with Eric and Juice. Obviously, these are the only people I've made music with my whole life. So just the process of like bouncing ideas off of each other. And a lot of times me, Eric and Juice don't have to say much with certain songs. Sometimes like there'll be an idea already laid down or it'll be like, what are we trying to talk about every now and then? But usually we, we figured out this system where I could just tell with Eric's vibe, like he's on something right now. Let me let him get as far as he can and let him present that to me. And then that might be the thing that sets the tone for the song. I'm still going to do my thing over here, but we kind of found like this nice balance of everyone gets to kind of try to set the tone for the shit. Unless Eric throws a beat on and then instantly, like I think Headstone, I figured it out once he played the beat. I was like, I had it in my head. Like I just knew. Boom. Right. I knew kind of like I knew I wanted to use the word Headstone. I knew I wanted to say money over bitches. Then I was like, yo, we should do this thing with these rappers and take these words. So those processes is different now because it's just me. So sometimes the headstone thing is a fun activity to do with other people. Yo, let's name. You say this. I want to see what you come up with. When you're alone, it's not as fun to do those what I call lyrical exercises. I used to do a lot of that when I first started rapping. Like, I'm going to use every single magazine to make a verse. I'm going to use every single name of the fucking um, products that's in my stove. I'm in my... Um, my pantry to make a verse those i don't think about as much when i'm alone it's more of introspective and tapping into my brain and tapping into my soul because you know i don't really get this opportunity like that so that's why i didn't want to make i think that's why i have so much of like you said little bits of me in there and not so much of just bar bar punchline shocking bar shocking bar and some of my my life because i don't have anyone to the right or left to be like see how they're feeling or what what energy he has because if juice comes in with a crazy ass bounce rhythmic fucking melodic energy and i feel like it's mad fire i literally close up shop on whatever i was writing and i put it to the side and i go and hop on the energy that juice has because it is the most infectious i follow the musical spirit it's some shit i call the musical spirit i don't be overthinking it bro i listen to the beat i just feel and i just go for it when you're with other people when you're with other people even if they're your bros there's still something in your head that's like a let me see what's going on with Juice right now. I got to tap on him and see like, oh, you fucking with this vibe? You fucking with the Eric? All right, so this is what we're going to do. And when you're alone, you don't ask yourself, are you fucking with it? You kind of right. just, um, for me at least. And I didn't really question myself. Um, not that I questioned myself with Eric and Juice, but I didn't question myself as much as I thought I was going to doing this whole process. Um, I want to say also, even though I was recording and writing these songs alone, I wasn't alone because I had like a good team of people of course, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Parker and everyone that's been around me from my man uh, Django and Tyler Dops and all those people, my man Demi, all these people helped me in the beginning um, of it. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like I met Dot and then me and him were just in a room, a cold room with a computer and we're just there like, you know, yeah. they, made it, they made it easy for me to be myself and build the environment for me. The one thing I will say, I write long ass verses. So now that I'm alone, I realize, oh, shit, my verses be really, really long because I have two verses on a song and both of them verses be 30 some bars. Right. So I learned I learned I learned a lot about my habits. That's what I learned a lot about, seen a lot about my habits. Right. I can see that because like you even look at a song like uh, you look at a song like lavish. Uh, funny enough, you mentioned habits You like lavish habits <laughs> is 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 the one that I keep coming back to um just like because like because like you could even call a song like lavish habits like that's almost like a lyrical exercise to an extent like you know like a lot of that is like 
So it's like stuff like that and um, Hennessy and Halos kind of got me in that way and Proud of You and um, mm-hmm. the MoMA. The MoMA, the MoMA is another one that really kind of stuck with me after I heard the album the first couple of times. Like just just like this idea of like you and your mom and just like, you know, like my mom would want to put me in the MoMA. Like mm-hmm. I just like just like these are, you know, like these are avenues that we don't really see you explore super often, you know, and just to kind of see you kind of pull it together, especially with someone like Dot. And, and it's like all these different people that you have around you to like help make this project like you know like you're working you know like you're working with gibbs and buster rhymes like you're working with like jay versace and um you know like dr genius and a track and black thought and like there's just you know like this is it's just kind of it's just kind of like a time for you to just it's just kind of a time for you to be like hey like i'm here this is what i can do by myself and it's just i remember i remember when i talked to you for vacation in hell and you told me that you wanted to do something like this because i, I because I, I think i might have asked you i can't because no no because i asked you because um our instrumentals 2 was about to come out and i asked you about a solo project and you were like oh yeah like i'm gonna do one like this this and this you had like a bunch of ideas you threw at me and i was like you're ready whenever you're ready you know <laughs> and then to just just to like you sounded so excited about it like and now you're here and mm-hmm. you did it you know, like five years later, you did it. And uh, just to see it come out the way it did is just like tight. Like you did it. And like you said, you learned things about yourself. You like, I, li- I like the fact that you said that you picked up on your habits because it's just like, this is a conversation with you. Like you're having a conversation with yourself right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm mean, like, obviously there's other people around, but it's like musically, you're mostly talking to yourself. And you figured out, you know, like you're, you've kind of figured out a little bit more of what makes you tick in that way. And that's just dope to hear that, you know, like it means that it, it means that you learn something and that it wasn't just like, a, oh, I'm gonna put out a project just because like people asked for it. Like I did it because it's gonna further me into something else. Not that it has to, but like it's cool no, that it, it did. It already, it already has for me, even if it doesn't, even if I sold one copy, I got I don't think a lot of people I know could have got anything done with what I went through in the last, you know, whatever. So, you know, the fact that yeah. I can even get that done, um, it's a victory in itself. Anytime you can create anything, you know, it's a victory. That's how I feel. Anytime I create, I go on Photoshop and mock up shirts that might never, ever come out. But every time I do one, it's fun. I got something done and I feel like it's a little victory, you know. So this is like a big victory right. for, my, for a lot of people that's been um supporting me for, you know, all these years i feel like uh when a lot of people got to listen to it it feels they're like finally a lot of people like finally you know what's taking you so long but they gotta understand that that uh everything happens the way it happens for a reason you know can't force i'm glad i didn't come out with whatever i was supposed to come out with before because i probably wouldn't have been as focused right and yeah like this is focused like this album feels focused to me i definitely Mm -hmm. see that um and two more things before I ask you my last question, because this has been on my mind since I heard Lavish Habits. So the subtitle's Gothica. Mm-hmm. So we got to talk about Gothica. Have you ever seen the movie Gothica? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I was going to. It's a yeah. good bad movie. It's a good bad yeah. movie. Yeah, definitely. Like, like, definitely one of the lesser known Halle Berry joints. Like, that, like, I remember when the trailer came out. 
And there's like a bit in the trailer where like the girl who's possessed is like staggering, walking through a door. That mm-hmm. shit freaked me out when I was a kid. Like that trailer really left a psychic I imprint. Promo, I think the promo of that movie is why people think the movie's so bad. They killed it with the promotion and the commercials and everything. I think yeah. everybody real excited. And then when you seen the movie, it kind of was like, then they had that video. There was a song, Fred Durst. Remember, Fred Durst had a video. Oh, yeah. On the soundtrack with Halle Berry in the video, and they kissed, and it was all this big hype. And everybody got all excited. But I always loved the um, always loved the, um, the artwork of that. And just the theme of that movie was always like, it could have been so much better. That's another one. Maybe somebody should take yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I always, oh and I hope that word, the word gothic, it just, it just sounds good. Right. It does. Also, no real deep um, meaning behind it for me personally. It just sounds, it just sounds good, and it's like here's another movie reference throwing there for you. That's cool. I'm, 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 I'm cool with that. Also, um, Robert Downey Jr. was in that movie, and that was one of his like last roles before Iron Man happened. Like that was like maybe I want to say Gothica was like mid two thousands. It was like right, not right before, but it was like a few years before Iron Man happened and re- rejiggered his whole shit. That was like he had like just come off the drugs and was like coming back to movies, you know, like. Damn. So did that help him or did that make it worse for him? (laughs) (laughs) After he did that movie, they were like, yeah, I'm looking at the film, the filmography right now. I have no idea, but I remember. Wait a minute. Robert Downey Jr. has music. Oh, God, no. Yeah, no, I think. he. Yeah, I think he made some. uh... I don't know. I haven't heard any of his music, but I but I've I've heard of the, the fact that he has music, but not like any of the shit itself. Mm. He's done it all, bro. He's done it all. Um <laughs> I'm very curious now to see um what he did after Gothica. Hold on. Cause Take cause me. what what year was Gothica? Tell me. It was like what, like oh four, oh five? Two thousand and three. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, see he did do one good movie. He did kiss kiss bang bang. Right. So that was 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 that before or after Iron Man? Because Iron Man was 08. Nah, he got he snuck a few in because he's in Zodiac. Right. Oh, right. Zodiac was before Iron Man too. Yeah, Shit. He snuck, okay. He snuck, he snuck he snuck uh he snuck Zodiac in a scanner darkly, which I that's just a movie I like. That movie's incredible. That's one of my favorite movies ever. I just watched that like three months ago. That's like a love that, love damn. that fucking movie. And scanner Darkly is great. He, he suck he snuck in um Kiss Kiss Bang Bang too. The future feels sorry, sorry to cut you off. The future feels like a scanner fucking darkly. Like like we were talking about idiocracy. Like mm-hmm. it feels like we're living a scanner darkly right now, honestly. Like, that movie, I gotta watch that again. I, I, the guy who made that, you know, it's funny. I got into that movie because of this other movie, Waking Life. Yeah, um, because it was the same second he made the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. That's how I found out about this one. Me and Juice and um Issa from Underachievers, we used to fucking watch Waking Life all the time and talk about fucking dreams and read dream books and mm-hmm. try to tap into our uh, gain lucidity and go into some nigga, we were trying to meet each other in our dreams and do crazy shit. <laughs> we was getting some progress and I started to gain lucidity. I started to, shit was getting real, but it's hard. You got real, you got real life. <laughs> right. Yeah, bro. That, that, yeah, that movie was like a, I watched it again. It's not as good as I remember it, but A Scanner Darkly, to me, A Scanner Darkly really holds up and just like, I just think like the technique is better, and just like the performance, like like cause yeah, cause like Waking Life was like like an anthology thing, right? It wasn't like all connected no, in no, that yeah, way. Bunch of stories, random like short stories or some shit like that. Which is cool, you know. Like I'm not I'm I'm not opposed to that. I just like it I watched it again. 
it don't hit like uh, Scanner Darkly. Yeah, it it just it just it just doesn't, bro. Like, um, but I love the tech. I love the um, it's called a uh, rotoscoping. What they do because mm-hmm. like they shoot it, they shoot the whole thing in live action, and then they draw over every single frame. It takes forever it, to do, like. Yeah, it takes forever to do, but the like it did looks... that movie. The dude who did that movie did Boyhood. He did do Boyhood, yeah. Well, you know what's so crazy? It's like niggas took 12, 12 years to make a movie, and I didn't watch it. That's crazy. <laughs> that part, shit like that, hurts me. It's like I gotta watch that movie now. Yeah, I I saw it when it came out in theaters, and you know what's you know what's worse than you not seeing it? Me you thinking that is me thinking it's just okay. <laughs> oh, uh, damn. Really? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn, son, that sucks. Because a nigga's dedicated their life to some shit. That's what I mean. I'm like, all right. Then it's like, when you give too much, it's like the blank check thing. When you give too much creative freedom, also, I think things like that happen. Where it's like, <laughs> this idea sounds dope, but it sounded dope 12 years ago. And I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure four years in, they were like, yo, we got, we can't do this. Like, they probably want to stop that movie so much time. Before we get off of this, I want to talk about one last thing. Please. Are you familiar with what's going on with the Batgirl movie? Oh, of course. Nah, yeah, I'm happy you brought this up. Yeah, what about it? I want to go to that screening of that movie. They're going to oh. say they do. the funeral you- screening. I need to sneak in there. I got to get in. I got to see... I need See, tickets, bro. I need it. <laughs> I you don't understand the idea of people spending millions on some shit and they just burn it. It just busts my head, bro. They literally said we are locking this shit in a vault, nigga. Yeah. Like you need to like be on the lot to yeah. see the movie, or you're never seeing the. That's that's so crazy. So, so some shit I read said they might have to literally destroy it if they want to get the tax their their tax write off or whatever with the. <laughs> Yeah, because if they hold it on the vault, then 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 I think the IRS could say, "Hey, you guys can release that in twenty years and get you know." So they might have to destroy the whole movie, like it might be gone. And it's crazy because Brendan Fraser's in the movie, right? Yeah, Brendan Fraser. They said this new movie he did, the Whale movie. They're saying they got a standing ovation, and like they're saying it's supposed to be like he's gonna probably win an Oscar. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I was I was just reading um um Vanity Fair did this whole like piece on the movie and like his process and making it and like kind of coming back to Hollywood. He never like left, but like, this is his, like, I'm back and like, I'm going to make a movie and win an Oscar and like chill and like, he's, he's been through a lot. So I'm happy to like see him. And, and like the whale, like I read it. What happened? The story is fucked up. Like it's the, just like, you know, by his wife and then then just being like, I don't know. I love a redemption story. I really do. Like, I love a, a Hollywood redemption story is the best because it's like a fuck you. Like, it's a real fuck you. Like, especially since he didn't have to do no body transformation to become in shape or do no nut. He came back literally like himself. He's a nice guy. You can literally tell he's one of the few nice guys that's been in Hollywood. You can see it in his yeah. smile. You can even He looks like a nice dude. So it's really, I love these kind of movies and when things like this happen where it's like, all right, intent intent i love intent and his yeah. intent tell that he's really making he's trying to not pander to nobody and literally just make the best stuff while he's alive like that's right. these are artists like when i see i guarantee when i see that movie i'm gonna leave and be like i gotta write a fire song like those are the things that be like making me excited this nigga can dedicate his mind body and soul to doing this movie the least i could do is write a fire verse jesus christ right oh man that's that's so real i was reading the piece and um they mentioned that like he's in a prosthetic suit 
or like it's like a they tried to be like real because because like obviously like fat suits are starting to people are starting to realize that that shit's kind of fucked up like you know like the whole like eddie murphy nutty professor shit like it, it's it's you know we're not in the 2000s anymore and people are waking up but like he's in a prosthetic suit in the movie and they're not showing any of it in the promos like there's only that there's, there's like one picture of like a real close-up of his face and they and like a24 who's putting it out wouldn't show any other pictures because they don't want that to be like the oh brendan frazier in a fat suit they, they don't uh, want that to be the the hook of the movie even though like it's obviously like he's playing a man who's 600 pounds he's about to die like he's he's had like heart surgery like he's like literally eating himself to death out of guilt i like read the story is really fucked up i read about it it's like it's extremely depressing like his like like, like he um he left uh he's like like he's like a writing teacher who left his wife and daughter for um um for a man and like the, he I mean, he was with the man for 15 years he was when he was a student of his he left his wife for a student of his the student dies for whatever reason and he feels so guilty about the whole thing that he starts eating a bunch and he gains a he gains a shitload of weight and the whole movie you know like the whole movie is him just like dealing with this and like and like he has like a live-in nurse who's like bro like you need to go to the hospital you're going to die you are eating yourself to death and that's the whole so like Brendan Fraser coming back and choosing this to be the movie he wants to do. And like, they're trying to be really respectful about it. And like, I'm happy for him, man. Like, this is like a real, it's going to be like a genuine, however I feel about the movie, the lead up to it is probably good. I, I don't want to say it's going to affect the way that I take it in, but it's like, you could tell that they want this to be special. You know? Yeah. I love, I love that. Like, <laughs> That's the magic. I can see him winning his award already. I see it in my head. Like I literally see it. He's such a nice guy. He deserves that shit. Not like I even know him, but you rarely see certain people in Hollywood or just in general in the music industry or whatever. Where it's like this nigga just looks like a nice guy, bro. And he also gave me a lot of like great movies, like fucking Georgia the Jungle and Encino, oh, come on, and like, Mummy and shit. Like the nigga yeah. deserves that. And not for nothing, I I remember I read some shit that he like injured himself like permanently from like doing shit on the set of the Mummy and shit like that. So and those movies. Yeah. Those movies were fucking great. I watched one the other day and was like, outside of the bad graphics, they don't make these movies anymore. Like they, they really don't. Can't do these fan these epics. Like epics. That's what yeah. when you talk about the the Harry Potter movie stuff. I'm like, damn, it's over for epic movies. Like they just don't exist. It's like like there's some that are still like that's that's what everything everywhere all at once is. It's just like on a it's just like to a different level, but like seeing a movie like that really nail everything it's trying to do like like i'm real interested to hear what you have to think about it when you see it because like it really like it gets at that it's like 17 different kinds of movies rolled into one there's like there's like there's like action in it there's drama in it there's romance in it it's, it's like a family drama there's like early 2000s like hong kong cinema um type shit in there like like, like like I don't know how familiar you are with that shit, but just like there's like a whole style that that um oh uh Wong Kar Wai I think is the director's name. Like he has a whole like he like like his movies are like really blurry or like parts of it are like really blurry and they like incorporate that in there. Like like that's that's like an epic movie to me in like that like it, it's like an action adventure, a comedy, a drama, a family movie, like all like I I. I'm I'm not gonna gas it up too much, but go see that because like it's 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 kind of it's that you know like yeah I'm um, gonna, it's not on streaming yet right uh 
you might be able to buy it. It's not it, it's not on like like you can like cop it off like Apple TV Plus or whatever. Um, it's worth the purchase. I think I saw it twice. Um, showing it today still. Go catch it, bro. That's oh. a that's a movie you got to see in a theater. Like yeah. see that in the theater. I think I might do that actually. Honestly, oh, okay. So if you do, you got to hit me and tell me what you think of it. Like I'm 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 gonna be waiting on it. Nah, <laughs> oh, no, today, yeah, I'm gonna see where is this place. Music hall. Let me make sure this is not no live performance of the, the whole fucking. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you look for that, I got one more question for you, um, brother Meech. If your life was a movie, what would it be about? Um, my life would be like the movie Last Action Hero with a little kid, Matt Arnold Schwarzenegger, and yeah. he's in that world that's like a bunch of movies, and and like that's what my life would be. It would be like a child's fucking fantasy where I'm just walk. It would be Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but instead every movie licensed character possible, and I get to meet <laughs> and do whatever. I get to buy Coke from Scarface, and then <laughs> go fucking play basketball with Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan while I'm off that cocaine. And then right. I'm going to leave there in a tunnel with Bugs Bunny to hop out into Egypt where I see Brendan Fraser and the mummy niggas. And it was a nigga named Imhotep or whatever his fucking name yeah. is. That's my world. And, and the Scorpion King. <laughs> you got to bring in the Scorpion King. He's rocking the Scorpion King with his bad graphics. Then I can right. make Rock from Fast and the Furious meet the Scorpion King. Rock. I, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do all that. Like, uh, honestly, like a Ready Player One type type situation. That would be probably my right. Or like, or like, uh, um, um, you play multiverses, the fucking yeah. uh WB fight. Yeah, you you want multiverses? Okay. Essentially, yeah, it, it's that that kind of be what it is. I actually had an idea for a movie that I would not say because someone's gonna steal it, but it's like a Ready Player One type. You get, you get, you can kind of get my idea now based off what the fuck I said before. Right. But um, <laughs> yeah, fucking niggas gonna watch this shit come out in four years. Watch. watch, watch, watch. <laughs> We'll know. We'll know where we heard it first. Is what is 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 not not all that matters, but like we'll 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 know where to trace it back to. <laughs> I ended with this. I ended with this. I want to make something like Be Kind Rewind, which is like an homage to films, which is why I named all of those films and characters and shit. I want to make a right. movie. Oh, movie! I really want to make this movie in life, and that's what the movie that would be describing the most is like just an homage to movies, um, right. and their universes and what it means to people. Be Kind Rewind is such a good movie, too. We don't it's talk so, about that one enough. Such a heart. I, I love that shit. It's so pure. Like, oh, like you could just tell they care. You know, mm -hmm. like, it's just so fucking pure. And it's a movie about movies. And it's a movie about movies. And and those are never, or, well, not that they're never bad. There's some that are bad. But, like, most of the time, they're good. Most of the time, they're cool. Meech, man, like, I don't even know. Like, thank you, bro. Like, this was... Jesus Christ, like what a what a conversation. Like we just went over everything. And yeah, you know, just like as a fan, like you know, like I've been a fan since fucking Better Off Dead, basically. So like to see you to see you as a part of the zombies and by yourself now, like really making moves. Like I'm just, you know, like I like especially over the last five years, I like watched you come up after having like you know, like met and interacted with you. And it's like just congratulations and just like thank you for this was great. Thank you. You know, like I, I don't take it for granted. Like you came, you came to me. You know, like you coming to my small ass platform is super duper appreciated. So thank you. No, no problem, bro. This was fun. I do it. Hit me up, bro. I do these every now and then. You know, I watch. You know, I'll be. I'll make a little list for you. You know, 
some random movies and we could just talk about shit. And, you know, I'm, I'm a movie guy. Anything with movies, you know, that's my my goal is to when I retire, just have a theater one day and then have a theater in the crib and just invite people over and watch movies. Hell smoke yeah, bro. And shit. <laughs> Yeah, man. You yeah, yeah, man. You get me your list, I'm gonna get you mine. I got I got like 20 off the top of my head already. All right, give me one. One more before we leave. I'll give you one. Cecil B. Demented. Oh wow. <laughs> um Brain Dead. One of my favorite movies ever made. What the fuck is you talking about, man? Come on, son. <laughs> yeah. I'm so I'm so pressed. I lost my fucking DVD copy of it. I had I had it because in America they called it Dead Alive, and I lost my DVD of it. But what what a fucking good the fucking the rat biting the gram. What a good movie. What fucking a fucking stop bad. stomp the rat's head. Oh yeah. man. Oh, good bad. What a good zombies fucking. Yes. Oh my yeah. god. So good. Yeah. And, and and that was like Peter Jackson's first movie he ever made. Like mm-hmm. that man made Lord of the Rings. He made that and then made Lord of the Rings. Like that's why I love horror. And that's why I say you can really discover so much from that genre because Horror can be funny. Horror movies can have comedy. It can have suspense. It can have everything in it. So right. shout out to Brain Dead. People, go watch that. Go watch that and Cecil be Demented, please. Yeah, that's on YouTube. Both, um, 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 I think both of them are on YouTube. Go look up Cecil be Demented and uh, Brain Dead, Dead Alive. It's one of them. I just watched it online like a month ago. So it's, it's there. It's there. <laughs> Love that shit. Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. Shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.